talking about the creek, creek talk, talking about the creek, creek talk, talking about the creek, talking about Dawson's Creek. Welcome back to Creek Talk. This is Steven. And I'm Jamie. And this week, we're recapping Season 4, Episode 3, The Two Gentlemen of Cape Side. <laughs> Yay! I love this episode. I forgot, well, I didn't forget about this episode, but we got to a certain point. I was like, oh, it's this episode. <laughs> um, This is such a good episode. It's an intense episode, Yeah, I feel. It's very intense. Uh, but it's also sad because we lose true love, but you know, so good though. I honestly didn't remember this at all. I, I didn't remember any of season four so far, but when I watched it, um, I really did like it a lot. I have to say so far, this is my favorite episode of the season, even though we're (laughs) only three episodes in, but it was a great episode as a turning point. Yeah. It was very, uh, high energy. It was tense. And uh, none of the characters really annoyed me. Like, our main <laughs> no, characters. Yeah, yeah. They were all really... I loved Andy. I thought Andy was, like, MVP of this. A rock star. She's a rock star. And, you know, Dawson really came in clutch there with saving his best friends. <laughs> I don't know. Don't you think... I, I was like, oh, maybe they'll, like, hug each other and be like, I appreciate you saving my life. But it was still, like, you know... It's like one of those situations where it's like life threatening and he's still like mad at him. (laughs) Like You obviously care about him. You saved his life. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, even at the end there, when Pacey was giving the apology that Dawson was just waiting for Dawson, looked like he was getting a little choked up. He was like, oh, wow. Pacey's actually apologizing. Like, I didn't think he was ever going to do it or it's not in his nature or whatever. And then Pacey did. Like, I feel like this was a turning point for everybody. It was a growth and a step forward. Even though Pacey loses his, you know, boat, I feel like it was probably a necessary thing to get him to move forward. Yeah. Because he was kind of living into that summer vacation of bliss and didn't want to let go of it. Yeah. And it was going to affect him, so. But I feel like losing the boat was so unnecessary because they tied the boat to the artful dodger to mr brooks boat and they were gonna lead it back into the shore so i don't know why he threw the rope off the boat he could have saved i it. don't know if they were gonna they were gonna do that i don't know if they can tow it in a storm like that with those two smaller boats no he purposely threw the rope pacey purposely threw the bo- rope off and he said he wasn't leaving his boat and i said but they were gonna bring it back no. in no, I don't think that they can in the storm because if something happens with the wave and the boats are tied together, they could crash and then they'll both go down. So in a storm like that, they would have had to have left the sailboat behind and Pacey was about to go down with the ship. That's what that was about. The only reason why they tied it is so that they could get the people off of it and then oh, they were going to let it go. I didn't I don't, get any of that. I thought. I, yeah. I, well, I mean, because if you think <laughs> about it, like it wouldn't make it wouldn't be smart in my I mean, I'm not a sailor. But (laughs) I'm not a sailor, but it just makes sense. Like in a storm like that, you don't want boats to be that close together. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. When, you know, then everybody goes down. It's not safe. It just doesn't seem like it would be safe to me. So I I get what you're saying. I just I just was when I was watching and I I said, 
you lost me. I'm so confused now. <laughs> yeah. Pacey didn't want to leave the boat behind, so he was going to go down with his ship. He's like, I'm not mm-hmm. leaving it. Which like is just... Dido, he's going to go down with his ship. He's going down with the ship. <laughs> oh, man, that song's great. <laughs> I know. Um, I thought to do a play it at least, but those those copyright laws. <laughs> Damn them. Copyright laws. <laughs> um, who else didn't I appreciate? Oh, I hated, I call her Val, as in Drew Valentine's mother, because mm. I don't know what her real name is yet. It's just Mrs. Valentine. So I just call her Val. She <laughs> sounds a smacker. I, <laughs> I'm not a violent person, I swear, but we so desperately wanted to like, I don't know. I'm I'm proud of Andy. She handled it very, very well. I There's know. There's something to knock that woman off her high horse. And she did at the end. I liked it. And Drew's you just a piece dare. of shit. Oh, you I know. Dare. Oh, and I told you, I was it the last episode or the episode before when I said Yes. Yes, I know what you're saying. I thought about this when I Jen, watched it. Yes. Jen and a blast from her past or yes. something comes rolling in and you're like, No, they did that already. Well, yes. they're doing it again. I told you. When I when it happened, I go, Oh, this is what she was talking about. <laughs> You made me feel like I was losing my mind. No. Listen. Well, I didn't even remember. <laughs> I didn't know that they had a connection. Uh, yeah. So. That's so funny. <laughs> Job of the hut here. But. <laughs> Drew Valentine, a.k.a. Mark Maktovich. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can get him on the podcast. Why? Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Sir, are you listening? And do you want to join us in a crazy ramp? I'll send him a a DM and ask him to talk about, we can talk about his IMTA days and his his mainline modeling days and how he got into acting and what led him out of acting. (laughs) So I'll reach out to him. Let's see if that happens. Who knows? (laughs) Sir, if you got the time, you want to hear us ramble by all means. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about another creek talker. (laughs) Come in, come and be a creek talker with us. Yeah. Um, well, before we get into the episode, Jamie, why don't we do a quick catch up? How was your weekends? My weekend was pretty good. I went camping. It was the last camping trip of the year. Oh, it was the first night was cold. I mean, like hand warmers and just I was cold. I fell asleep with them in my pockets. Oh, my God. (laughs) Because I needed some to somehow bring like heat back into my thighs uh but the next two days beautiful absolutely beautiful it was like in the 70s dropped down to the 60s maybe a little bit of the 50s but you know not that cold um it was just pretty it was nice i didn't have really good reception which uh was frustrating (laughs) (laughs) and really weird because i usually have reception everywhere i go like i go kayaking and i have reception so it was odd. Wherever I was, my phone was just like, nah, no internet or anything for you. <laughs> but other than that, it was good. I'm happy that's, to probably, that's probably an area where serial killers go because they know that there's no signal. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Did maybe. you see anybody shady while you were there? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Nobody shady. <laughs> but I mean, it could happen. I don't know. I always listen to um, these weird stories about like things that happen in the woods and like when people go camping and they're so creepy and eerie. 
I don't know. I, I don't know how these people go. I, I swear I said this before, but like, I don't know how people go camping by themselves. It's it's bizarre to me. Like, go with a group of people. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I would go with Well, I guess it depends on the way you're camping. Like, I didn't tent. We weren't tent camping. You know, we had uh, a trailer. Like, a, um, You know what I mean? Yeah, I saw pictures of it. You were tagged in somebody's pictures and I saw it how the set up. Mm-hmm. April, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It so looks really like, cool. Uh, yeah, it's nice. We had heat, you know, we got a roof and there's a little kitchen inside if we can't cook outside. There's a bathroom, shower, we had everything we needed. Um, call it glamping. But <laughs> I feel like if we had something like that stationary, you know what I mean? Like a seasonal thing where we didn't have to move it from place to place like we are, do- like we've been doing right now, because we're still trying to figure out where to where to keep it. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're kind of just be like, this is your home now. I rent the space and now you just park it here. And then they go to, we go to that place every time we want to go there. I feel like once that's done, I mean, I'll go to, I'll go by myself, you know? Really? Yeah. Why not? At a campground? It's not like in the middle of the woods. I mean, it is, but it's like, it's a campground. It's like, yeah, but gated and it's like a gated community in the middle of nowhere. Still scary. I don't know. I've been doing it since I was a kid. It's not scary, at least not to me. <laughs> I just don't trust people. <laughs> Neither do I. It's not going to stop me from having fun. <laughs> well, yeah, you do. You do know how to protect yourself. So um, that's it. Yeah. Did you do anything else exciting? Uh, nope. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that sounds amazing. I'm glad that you got to go away. Yeah. Go camping. Yeah. But uh, for me, I had, a, I had a lousy fucking weekend. If you want to, if you want to hear what happened to me, and I and I already told you, but yeah, so I already know, but our listeners don't. The saga of our apartment situation is just it's come to an end. <laughs> <laughs> Almost, um, it's a new chapter, a new beginning. It's it's uh it's just getting worse. Um, so there's a buyer for the house, and we have to move. And I'm not happy about it um, because I don't want to move. I want to move on my own terms. I don't want to move because somebody's forcing me out. But um, we've lived here for a very long time. And honestly, Jamie, we should have left years ago. But, um, you know, timing's everything. And we'll see what happens next. But there was a lot of drama on Friday and it put me in such a funky mood for the rest of the weekend. Honestly, it ruined my weekend for me because um, all I could think about was like what we have to do now. And I just don't want to deal with it. I understand that completely. It's very overwhelming sometimes. Um, but think of it as like a new chapter, new experience, new place. Maybe it's haunted. <laughs> I know I'm going to be leaving my ghost friend that I You're leaving your ghost friend. Maybe you'll make a new one. Maybe maybe I hope they're not scary. <laughs> or maybe your ghost friend will just hitch a ride and go with you because he's not going to like the new owners either. Maybe. That's a good that's a good thought. That's a positive thought. Mhm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um but I have to say I've learned a lot about, you know, I've I've learned a lot just about people in general, the people that we've been dealing with in general and just people who are just like truly disgusting. That's all. And the little realtor lady that uh, decided to shit on our weekends and try to tell us that we had 30 days to move out. 
when the house wasn't even done inspect being inspected. Um, she can kiss my ass. <laughs> she's she's a nasty fucking bitch. Um, <laughs> and are you listening, that. lady? Are you? So I gotta <laughs> say about that, she's disgusting. <laughs> but other than that, I didn't do anything. Um, I had a good day today, Jamie. I, I'm trying to stay positive and I'm trying to stay focused and I'm looking for places. And I think I think we're eventually gonna just move downtown and see how that goes. Um, it's so weird. Everything around here in this in the suburbs, it's like double the amount. And this yeah, I, guess square foot- live in I don't know why. But the square footage is even smaller. Like, I don't understand it. So I think we're going to take our chances and try downtown and see how that goes. And I think it'll be exciting. It'll be something to get used to because, like, I haven't driven in the city in years. Like, I used to pick up Justin all the time after work and we'd go right to his house in the Northeast. But I have not driven that in years since we've lived here together. So I it's something that I have to get back to doing. To. Oh, yeah. I am... Um... I think it'll give me more confidence driving. Okay. So, I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Um, damn it, what was I going to say? Oh, I was looking up the town that you were, like, the little area that you were talking about, and it looks very familiar. It's very cute. Yeah, it's very expensive, though. A little historical area. Um, I'll visit, but I am not a city girl. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. I don't mind being in the city, right? I hate driving in the city. If somebody else is driving, then it's all good. You know what I mean? Or somebody else is navigating for the most part. But I just, uh, it's too I'm much. I'm not good at it either. Justin- it's too much chaos, too much people. Every, every bird, people, people everywhere. It's like, oh my God, that's crazy. Well, the area he was talking about, it's, it's uh, kind of close to a lot of the places that we like to go to anyway. And, um, the area, I mean, and he's very familiar. Justin's very familiar with, with downtown, yeah. and because yeah. he grew up in the city, and I didn't. Obviously, we I live in the fucking town that I grew up in, so I think it would be interesting, and I think we would have more of a like a. I think we would have like a, a better social life on the weekends if we live downtown, and a lot we do have a lot of friends that live downtown. Yeah, you're more likely to go out. You know, what right. I mean? to the- to eat or, or whatever and and like go to like he even know. said it the other day like he like jamie he had he literally had to like calm me down because he could tell i was just in a funk and he even said like you know i think it'll be good for us like he, and he never says stuff like this because like i don't know i think he's just getting a different attitude about things but mm-hmm. he was like we could like go to brunch on sundays and like go to the shops on sundays or like do something on the weekends or whatever and I'm trying to be very positive about it, you know, but he's like, we don't even like, we don't see like the people here that as often as you, that you think you do. And he's like, he's right. I only ever see them at like parties and stuff. Like I don't like hanging out with my sister every weekend, but, and the kids are getting older and I think it'd be fun if we lived downtown and they like came and stayed with us, but we just need to find a bigger space. That's all. You know, a new, a new uh, path, a new future, new, a new... experiences. <laughs> I need to get comfortable. I'm so uncomfortable right now. Woo. Yeah, maybe in the new place I'll have like an actual like desk that I can sit at, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and not the not the floor. 
I do miss my office. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Can I just tell you guys that my cat is so cute sleeping. I just want to reach over and squeeze his little murder mittens. <laughs> Look at them toe beans. They're so cute. <laughs> his murder mittens. His murder mittens. That's He's funny. so cute. His little nose is all tucked under his arm. Like, aw. I love my cat. <laughs> I love both my cats. They're the best. Cats are the best. If you guys are not cat friends, I mean, for shame. I know. Like, how can you not be a cat person? Everybody should be a cat person. Well, that's the other thing. We have to make sure we can find a place that bring we can bring our pets. Yeah. That's always a little bit harder sometimes. I know. Because here, like, our, our old landlord was, like, cool about pets. He didn't care. And now everywhere that I look, they're like, you know, fees and fees upon fees for fucking pets. Oh, yeah. There's usually, if they'll even allow the pets, then there's usually a fee. Because people don't take care of their pets. It's so dumb. I mean, that's well, not though. People well, don't I get it. They want to make sure like your pet isn't like destroying their their apartment or whatever. But right, I don't know. We have good cats. They're not bad. If anything, I'm cleaning up after them constantly. <laughs> Ask anybody what I do on Saturdays. <laughs> their fucking litter box is spotless. <laughs> oh, it's no, just I mine like every other day because every so there are three litter boxes in this house right mm-hmm. two up here one downstairs and uh one's in my room right now because we're still acclimating the animals <laughs> i'm pretty sure that they're not using the other boxes they're just solely using this one in here because really so much in like just a night like yeah. I box i wake up the next day and it's like who's cheating in here because i know not all of this is just my two <laughs> like wait does this does this smell in your room no it's used to it no i have like um a scenty thing and i obviously i clean the box you know the litter's not bad it's like four small rooms and stuff so it's only like when somebody really like just dropped a bomb that there's <laughs> an issue but like it's like i wake up and all of a sudden i'm like there's just what how <laughs> Because they're all using the same box. <laughs> I know these jerks. They're, they like my. They apparently like my litter. My mom <laughs> uses different litter. <laughs> Ugh! It is the one thing I hate doing. I hate cleaning the litter box. It's so fucking disgusting. I hate it, and I try to keep up with this as much as I can. But Saturday's like the big, the big change. Like I always give them fresh litter, and I scrub them out. Yeah, but. And then during the week, I just like constantly scoop it. So, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's my fault. It's my fault because I got distracted by how cute my cat is sleeping next to me. <laughs> um, and then that's pretty much how that snowballed. <laughs> um, I'm excited that this is like Halloween weekend. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, like, I have no plans. So, um, it's just another weekend, so I might look and see what the DMV hours are, get some registration stuff handled. <laughs> I have to look it up and see what I need. It's been it's been a bit, and I don't know how Jersey handles that kind of stuff, so I gotta figure it out. My sister said she wants to do pumpkin carving at her house on, I think, Saturday? I don't mm. remember. And then they always have, like, a Halloween thing at their house, so I'll probably do that after work. 
I was actually considering taking off. I don't know. I don't know. I have to decide. But um, I don't know. I think I'm just I'm trying to just stay like in a positive mood because I'm in such a funk. And every every time I go to think about it, I get like sour, you know, uptown funk you up, uptown <laughs> funk you up. Say <laughs> Steve Vince in a funk, a funky fucking mood. Because <laughs> that nasty bitch who looks like <laughs> Zelda Rubenstein did this to him on Friday and told us we had 30 days to move. <laughs> Isn't that her name, Zelda Rubenstein? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> From Poltergeist. <laughs> it is. It's Zelda Rubenstein. <laughs> <laughs> but really? That's funny. <laughs> yeah, after we, after we move out, she's going to say, this house is clean <laughs> or clear i forget what she says <laughs> i don't remember what she says either she's gonna say this house is clear <laughs> so clear except for all the gunk and you know ooze and whatever that's all over the house now oh my god justin goes um he goes oh you mean from the movie oh <laughs> uh, <well>, yeah <laughs> um this house is clean. This house is clean. Um, Justin goes, fuck that. <laughs> like, start flushing the uh, wipes down the toilet so you can back up the sewage system. <laughs> that's perfect. That's messed up. I was like, <laughs> that's I was terrible. Like, I was like, that's a good idea, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Just start dropping sanitary napkins. They'll be like, why do they have sanitary product going down the toilet? These were men that were living here. Really confuse them. <laughs> I don't care. I fuck it all up. I remember when we had to move out of our our childhood home. Um, I was so devastated at that too because uh, we lived there like our whole life, and so me and my brother hung a noose in the closet, and we put like all this <laughs> nasty. We were all this like nasty shit in the closet. We were like, when they come and see this, they're gonna think somebody died in here. <laughs> I never forget that. <laughs> that's funny i don't think that i've ever like purposely did something <laughs> yeah no no not at all i like sabotage or just mess with somebody i mean i once did it unintentionally to my ex you know to my ex with the whole chair in the garage thing but oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the unintentional justin said he was gonna put a a, a curse on our our landlord <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I wish I like, diarrhea <laughs> upon you. I was like, do it. That sounds like fun. <laughs> you ever watch the morning show with like Elvis Duran? I used to listen diarrhea. to him all the time. Me too. They used to wish to diarrhea him on people. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Funny. They always used to do those like prank phone calls. Yeah, they do all kinds of, they did all kinds of stuff. I don't know what they do now. The cast. Started to change a little bit, which was cool, but it was hard to keep track. You know, you get used to like the same people and then new people come in and older people leave. And and then I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And then you miss that person. You're like, no, bring them back. They were great. It's okay. okay, I used to listen to it a lot when it was Elvis, Bethany and Danielle and his like side guys but it was always the, the two those two girls i used to listen to it a lot and then it kind of died off with me because i started listening to other things but i watched it for years well i used to have this thing on my old phone where i could listen to the radio 
like it would tune in radio station. So I would listen to it while I was like doing laundry and stuff on like a Thursday morning. And um, then I got a new phone and I couldn't do it anymore. So I had to find like the iHeart app because they're all on iHeart radio. Radio. Yeah, it would like play it there. But I was so mad. I remember being like, I used to be able to play the fucking radio on my phone. (laughs) I um, I used to listen to them every morning on my commute to work. Yeah, same. And then I started listening to Howard Stern. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, I have something else that was really, really cute that happened over the weekend. If if we can backtrack a second. (laughs) Go for it, James. (laughs) (laughs) I got serenaded by a four-year-old and it was the cutest thing in the entire world. (laughs) My God. What did they sing? He was singing... um, all right, so the song, it's a country song, right? Wasted on You, I forget who sings it. Um, it's really, really, it, he was so freaking cute. He was like verbatim singing the words. And then, you know, he's like, that goes, wasted on you. And he pointed at me. It just, it was like perfect. I'm like, this little kid. Did so you record it? Cute. No, no. He wasn't singing to me <laughs> until he got to that point in the song. And then he just pointed at me and it was like, Oh, I swooned a minute. I was like, he's so cute. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was adorable. It was the cutest thing ever. Oh, Pixar didn't happen, Jamie. Pixar oh, didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, I had witnesses. <laughs> That's enough. And the memory in my brain of how cute that little boy was. But anyways, it was really cute. Anyways, I just wanted to share that. Oh, Willie, you're so cute, too. <laughs> Floofy. Passed out. The life of a cat, am I right? I know. I think that too. When I see them just lounging around, I'm like, you really got it fucking good. You know that? Yeah, made in the shade. You don't have to worry about anything. Don't you worry about a thing. It's us. We have to worry about everything. All right. So let's do this thing. I haven't eaten dinner yet. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, Jamie, why don't we start getting into this episode? What do you say? (laughs) Let's do it. We'll try our best to not get distracted, but no guarantees, guys. You know the drill. All right. So this week we are recapping season four, episode three, The Two Gentlemen of Capeside. Aired October 18th, 2000, written by Jeffrey Stepakoff and directed by Sandy Smolin. And those two names are constantly popping up um, as director and writer. So consistencies. All right, so we open in Capeside High, and we're in an English class with Joey and Dawson, and they're discussing The Two Gentlemen of Verona by Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Uh, We cut to Joey, and we see Drew Valentine is sitting behind her, and he's playing with her hair, and she turns around and she says, next time I draw blood. So we're getting like a little bit of the old Joey Potter back. (laughs) He tells her that it's her own fault because he's new there and she's not being very nice to him. And she's like, I'm not trying to be. And he says, well, you don't come off as very popular, so you can turn around now. You're no use to me. (laughs) And Drew's kind of a a prick. (laughs) He's definitely a dick. Um, One thing I will say about Drew is that he has very pretty eyes. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) And he's like 100 feet tall. (laughs) (laughs) So he's tall and with pretty eyes. He at least checks two of those boxes. <laughs> yeah. And he's not bad looking. I just don't think he's my type. He's definitely not mine. <laughs> no, I don't know. You know who's my type in this episode? <laughs> wait, I'll wait till we get to them. 
Well, uh-uh. Jack, Jack, obviously, but there was somebody Jack. else. Um, all right. So now the teacher, the teacher can the te- Mitch. <laughs> no, it wasn't Mitch. The teacher notices that Joey is turned around and talking to Drew, and he says, "Hate to interrupt, Miss Potter, but maybe you can tell us what the two gentlemen of Verona is all about." She's like, "It's about a girl who comes between two guys," and he says, "You're right." Two guys, a girl, and no pizza place. And nobody laughs at his little joke. Nobody got that joke, but I was like, I see what you did there, teacher. <laughs> Do you know who was in that show? Uh... He's like a big star now. He's like a big movie star. I'm trying to remember who. I'm I'm asking. Oh, yeah, I mean, I don't... yeah, I'm waiting. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds was in that, that show. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. He's one of the main two guys. And... He asks Joey how the play made her feel. And she says, I don't think it was very realistic. Valentine is the cardboard cutout hero. And Proteus is unfairly painted as the villain. And then we cut to Dawson giving her like looks. And Dawson's hair is like super long. Like his hair is getting very long. Yeah. Joey says that she thinks that these scenarios are actually a lot more complicated. And then we heard Dawson go. And the teacher asks Dawson to give his opposing viewpoint. And he says, it's not a story about a girl coming between two guys. It's about the friendship between the two guys. And Joey says, which fails when the girl comes between them? And Dawson says, it fails because one friend betrays the other. So now they're literally arguing about these characters that are based, being based on. (laughs) Very parallel line that Drew definitely picks up on. He is a shit stirrer. Yeah. He's stirring that shit pot. He's like, you know, like evil shitting and grin. Like, let me see what kind of crap I could stir up today. I don't know. <laughs> well, he got some self into it anyway. But um, Dawson continues and he says, Proteus is a lousy friend. Valentine made the ultimate sacrifice by giving up the girl he loved. Do you think that's a bad thing? And Joey says, nothing about this topic is black and white. And then Drew cuts in and says that Joey and Dawson are all over the place. He wants to see them in a prepared debate about the true merits of the play. And Joey's like, mind your own business. <laughs> and then the teacher goes, I think that's a great idea. I want to see a prepared debate tomorrow at 3 p.m. And Drew, why don't you join them and give your viewpoints as well? And Drew's like, oh. <laughs> that's what you get, Drew. <laughs> I thought that was kind of fucked up, though. Like, how can he just make them do a debate? Just because another student said something about it. He's giving them all this extra work now. I would have been like, how much is this going to be part of my grade? Like, am I going to be able to miss an exam then? Like, you got to barter with the teacher at least. (laughs) to barter with the teacher. Seriously, like nobody else has to do it but them. How's that fair? I don't know. I'd be like, then no. It is is interesting. Nobody nobody questioned it at all. But I feel like the teachers in Cape Side... (laughs) Just do Especially the English teachers, they just do whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah. They're in a they're world like, all their own. They're like, we rule the school. We the English teachers rule the school. And they t- <laughs> I'm articulate, and therefore my word is stone. Also, what if like they had something to do? Like, what if they had like a family event that they had to do, and they they now they have to like prepare for a debate or work like or Joey work? Did. Yeah, because Joey's working. It's so messed up. All right. So now we are at Jen's and um, this part confused me. I had to rewatch it like three times. 
we see oh. Jen like putting her shoes on and like she's got her school books and everything. And Grams comes out with an umbrella and she goes, I was about to come pick you up from school or something like that. Yes. And I thought it was the end of the day. And Jen was just like pretending like she just got home from school, but she was late getting to school. She was like taking forever to get to school. So she like missed her first period class, I guess. Yeah, it was only like second period. So Grams was being sarcastic because Jen, I guess, has been really mopey since the breakup. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what Grams was hinting at. And that's why Jen kind of laughed. and was like, Grams, it's only the beginning of second period. So it was a joke that Grams was, I think Grams was just trying to cheer her up without cheering her up. I don't, I don't know. It was a joke. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, okay, I got it now. But I rewound it three times because I didn't understand what the fuck was happening. I was like, wait. In the beginning of this, Grams is just trying to get Jen out of her, like, funk. And she was like, okay, we're going to cap this as of whatever time. You know, you're not going to, you know, feel this way anymore. It's time to move on. You know, shake it off. She tells her she's going to put a 48-hour cap on her melancholy. There you go. And Jen says, you can't cap my melancholy. And Grams says watch me <laughs> and then she hands her an umbrella. <laughs> um, bet. she goes and make sure you stay dry and jen's like this is one of the beautiful most beautiful days out today there's no rain today and grams is like it's a red letter day in the farmer's almanac and rain is predicted <laughs> and then they cut you could tell that there was like another line and then you just cut the scene so then we cut to joey and dawson coming out of the class together and he asks her where she wants to study and she's like Dawson, are you okay with this? And he says he'd rather get it over with than debate the situation. And Joey says that she has to work, so he'll have to come down to the yacht club. And he asks her if she'll be able to focus. And she says, yeah, it's a tomb on Thursday nights, except for this old geezer that comes in and orders the prime rib special every whatever day this was. <laughs> it's like a certain day. It's a Tuesday or a Thursday. I forgot. It's a weird day, but yeah. I feel like it's the beginning of the week, though. That's the vibe that I got, but it doesn't necessarily mean it was the beginning of the week. <laughs> I know. In this show, it starts you at never the beginning know. of the week. And then the <laughs> next day, it's like Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the timing the is so crazy. The week went by so fast. So we see Dawson look up and we realize that he sees Pacey and Jen sort of walking towards him. And he sort of rushes out and he, he leaves. hightails it out. <laughs> And we see Pacey come up and he says, yeah, (laughs) it's literally what he says. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And Joey says, well, were you in such a race to start a conversation with him? And Jen says, she's right. One day, one of them is going to have to put an end to this great era of silence. Pacey says, not me and not today. He's celebrating that he got his first A and he says he thanks Joey for being the one who helped him get that A. He says, it's a good omen, and he couldn't have done it without her. So, because he got the A, he wants to go sailing that afternoon, and he wants to take her with him. He said, it's the last good day that they're going to have before the season is over. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But she can't. She has a project to do, and she's like, it's with Dawson, Pacey. I'm really sorry. It's with Dawson. It was assigned. (laughs) And he says, well, isn't that cute? So then Jen offers to go with him and she says, maybe the open horizon will lift my spirits. And Jen says, just two things. I refuse to make out with you and I might puke. And then Joey says, what do you know? Those are my two things. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, they're very PDA. Like they're, they're like 
gave up their conversation in the last episode because now they're just like literally just kissing everywhere. <laughs> so, you know, know. It's, so, it's so annoying. When I was in high school and I would see like couples kissing in the hallway, I used to get so grossed out. I just I'm just not about PDA at all. And I would be like, nobody cares that you're like making out in the hallway. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I didn't care about PDA. Like in the mall and stuff. I didn't. I never dated anybody from high school. So I didn't have anybody to make out with in school. No, you said you never dated anybody in your high school. Well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So the mall would be different. (laughs) The mall was different because that's where everybody could be. I couldn't, you know, I just didn't have anybody in my own high school to make out with in the corners. (laughs) Yeah. So then you wouldn't be gross and annoying. (laughs) No, just at the mall instead. (laughs) <laughs> but if i saw you at the mall i probably would be like whatever i if it was at school i'd be like nobody cares okay. that you're making out get over yourself <laughs> it's just weird i don't know i'm not about pda now jesus i'm 42 and i'm just like get off of me <laughs> <laughs> we're not like touchy feeling anyway so i don't know yeah i mean at my age now i feel like pda is definitely something that's for like younger people like extreme pda like a little kiss or something is one thing but like a full-blown makeout session like that's for adults that's something that you do behind closed doors and like i know (laughs) for kids whatever but for adults behind closed doors (laughs) i know it's so gross when you see like an older couple (laughs) making out (laughs) drunk in like a bar or something oh yeah that's like (laughs) it's extreme (laughs) It's I'm like, like I'm low key cheering them on though. Like, yeah, you go for it, get it. <laughs> I'm like, you're in a bar, sir. <laughs> go to go to your car. <laughs> do like the rest of the adults do. The back seat. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> or the front seat. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> or the trunk. Or the the, the trunk. The bed. The trunk. <laughs> Or the bed of the trunk. Why, or... why are you trying to do stuff in a trunk? Because <laughs> maybe it opens up wider. I don't know. Maybe you can put the seats down and you can lay down more. I don't know. I've never had sex in a car. <laughs> oh, um, you were you talking about like an SUV, not a car where you, you know you you go in a trunk. Most likely, it's a body, right? So... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a body in the trunk. <laughs> See what had happened was <laughs> I hit her over the head because I saw I was following her and this is not we shouldn't be talking about this. No, Steven, and take it back. This was a really this was poor taste. It's a poor taste joke. That that's uh that's that's uh what? <laughs> Samantha from like up the street. <laughs> she looked at me the wrong way. <laughs> huh. all right take it all back that was in poor taste please delete that (laughs) i know it'll be a game time decision (laughs) if i laugh at it while i'm editing it i'll keep it in if not i'll take it out (laughs) oh my god hey mo (laughs) um all right so now we're at the mcphee household and we hear andy call jack in and she's like how does my hair look is it better up or is it better down and he's like don't ask me hair questions. <laughs> and she goes with down. She says she has a college interview at the yacht club with Mrs. Valentine because she's an alum of the backup school that she's applying to. 
And we notice that Andy gets a little dizzy and Jack tells her to sit down. And they have this whole conversation about this new drug that she's taking. Yeah. Bartol or something. And um, she says it's working better than any other anything else she's ever taken. It's kind of nice that they added that in there because, you know, it's not something that we just kind of forgot about with her mental illness. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's nice that they they're still keeping it relevant. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it probably maybe some people some peace of mind for those that were experiencing it or or are experiencing something similar to Andy. So I thought it was a nice touch. Yeah, it is a nice reminder that she did go through all this stuff in season two, and and, and she's still dealing with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's fighting every day. So she's like, I thought it was great. And she says it later in the episode that she's recovered. I just really liked her in this episode and it made me it made me sad to know that she was going to be leaving soon because like you know how I felt about her last season I could have like said goodbye to her in those first episodes but now she's she's like back to like her old form you know and I really really like her yeah she did great she was a she was the champ of this episode for sure yeah but she admits that the drug is a little scary, but her doctor told her that it's always good to have an extra line of defense in times of high stress. And Jack's like, or you can be like me and just pretend you're not a senior. And she says, well, I wasn't born with those genes, Jack. And she's like, how do I look? And he says, you look like you should be interviewing her. He's like, that was the point. <laughs> We're at Dawson's house now. And Mitch and Gail are coming down the steps and it looks like they're both sick. They're like coughing and sneezing or whatever. And Dawson says something like, well, if you just kept your tongue out of each other's mouths for two seconds, you might stop passing it back and forth. (laughs) (laughs) And Gail says, take a good look. This is marriage. And he's like, I have to go. I have to go do my project with Joey at the Yacht Club. And Mitch is like, are you okay with that? And he says, why does everybody act like my head's going to explode every time I mention her name? And Gal says, because it did. (laughs) And she asks about Pacey. And Dawson says he has no updates on the Pacey Watch 2000. But he seems to be more angry with him since Mitch told him about him failing. And Mitch is like, you did the right thing. So then, like, right before Dawson leaves, Mitch says, shut the windows in the back because the wind is getting, like, strong. Yeah. now we're sort of, like, getting this story that... starting to blow in, yeah. We're getting a taste of it. So Grams was right. The almanac was correct. The farmer's almanac was correct. It was a red letter day. (laughs) Oh, also, they do a quick shot of the Leary house and you see the ladder on the side of the house, which I thought was hilarious because it was an old. It was just an old shot of the house, though. They didn't didn't remove it. Caught you guys that the ladder's no longer in the door. Wait, what? The ladder's no longer in the window. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> the ladder's no longer on the side of the house. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> uh, so now we cut to Pacey and Jen. They're out on the sea sailing together. And Jen's like, you can forget about the world out here. And Pacey says, you can almost forget that your girlfriend is spending the afternoon with her ex-soulmate. <laughs> Jen tells him that if he's having doubts about sustaining a relationship, then she's the last person to talk to. So then the boat goes to like one side and, and Jen's like, like, what's happening? And Pacey says, it's called a gift from God. <laughs> I don't know what they call that. It's just, they're just sailing. They're literally just sailing. And yeah, I don't know. I'm not a sailor. <laughs> I watch, I watch enough below deck sailing 
to understand that that's like an important part of sailing when the boat goes that sideways because it's not yeah. gonna it's not gonna tip over because of the sail but it's like uh everything just goes super sideways it's so interesting to watch when i watch it on below deck they make the music get all ramped up and like <laughs> they, they show like shit coming out of drawers and stuff and the cook is always like burning himself because <laughs> everything is <goes> flying <laughs> oh, it's funny sounds like a nightmare to work in the kitchen yeah it does on a sailboat (laughs) it makes me want to go on a sailboat though (laughs) oh man i'd be so sick i'd be like (laughs) who i think i'd I'd be the first one to fall overboard i'd be like overboard starboard side or whatever i think because of the what is it called like because of gravity they're not gonna fall over i think it has to do with the force of the way that the boat's tipping and the way that it is they because sometimes on below deck they show them literally like standing sideways it's so funny <laughs> but pacey and jen didn't do that in dawson's creek because it was all it was all fake <laughs> actually that wasn't fake i don't i wonder you know what i was thinking I they were in like, a big pool like a wave pool no, I, I think that they were actually out sailing, but I was like, I wonder if there was actually somebody on the else on the boat with them that was sailing with them to like actually do the sailing, you know? I feel like they were probably on a big pool set, just like the Titanic. <laughs> I feel like they were probably on a big pool set at the end with the waves and stuff, but they mm. looked like they were really out sailing. Like it looked like this uh, first episode that they were out sailing, like when they jump right into uh... the water. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, we have to find out. Mm. Mm. Um, so then Jen asks if he's checked the weather and Pacey says that it, the storm's supposed to pass them. And there's this really cool shot of them sailing. And then we see the clouds start to change like a hurricane's coming. It's getting darker. It's getting darker. The clouds are getting darker and stormier. And we cut to the Yacht Club with Joey and Dawson and Drew. And there's literally nobody there. And Drew's not doing any work. <laughs> he takes no. a phone call and Joey takes the phone from Drew's ear and she tells the person that she's his doctor and he'll call her back once the syphilis clears up. <laughs> and he's like, well, that was rude. And she says, not as rude as taking a phone call while working on a project that you got us into. He says, excuse a brother for picking up on the intense, dare I say, sexual vibe between the two of you. Mm-hmm. And Drew says, it must be the Star Wars thing. And Dawson's like, the- Star mm-hmm. Wars thing? The death glare they both gave them before. It was funny. Like both Dawson and Joey gave him like the same exact death glare when he said that. The sexual tension. They were like, are you out of your mind? (laughs) It's interesting. I'm sort of remembering the finale of the season. I think it's called Coda. And I feel like they sort of like get back together. I don't remember. I don't remember either, but we'll find out. I'm just waiting for all like the weird like nods to the two of them again, getting back together as a couple. Dawson and Joey? Yeah. They don't get back. They hook up once in college, does it? That I remember. Yeah, they don't get back together, though. (laughs) I remember watching and being like, oh my God, they made them have sex. (laughs) Yeah, they finally do it. And then they both are like, this is wrong. (laughs) But anyways, um, I like the Star Wars reference in this. Yeah, Dawson is Luke to Pacey's Han Solo, and Princess Joey is in her bad boy phase. And Joey says, well, then you must be Job of the Hut." So then <laughs> Drew just smiles, and then he walks away to make to make a phone call. And then in walks Mr. Brooks, who has a very prominent 
storyline this season with Dawson. And I totally forgot all about him until she said, Mr. Brooks, <laughs> Joey rushes over to seat him. He says my usual table. And she goes, I'm sorry, it's taken. And then he says, if the opening act is over, I'd like to sit down now. And she sort of like smiles at him. I thought it was funny. He's such a grouch, but yeah, it's funny. She says, will you be having the prime rib special? And he says, yes. And I'd like it quick. I need to get my boat back before the storm. (laughs) And now Joey's like concerned. She's like, storm? (laughs) And um, he says like something snarky about like, how what a storm is yeah. and she rushes off to get his water yeah, yeah. he's kind of a jerk but it, he's like funny i yeah. like him as a character i think i'm gonna like him more Edgy. the more i watch but um yeah he he seems like what's it called like a curmudgeon i don't know that word like cranky i guess um crotchety yeah he's a crotchety old man so joey's at the bar getting the water for mr brooks and we see drew watching uh, which I thought was Baywatch at first. It was definitely Baywatch when we first zeroed him. It was um, Baywatch. It was definitely he was flipping through the channels, wasn't he? He was watching a show called VIP with Pamela Anderson. That oh. was like in syndication. Was she in another bathing suit, <laughs> a bright orange one? Because she was. They were like undercover, like detectives or something. I don't remember, but it was her and two other women. Because when they cut back to the TV when the storm warning came up. And they showed the other lady with the short hair. I was like, oh, that wasn't Baywatch. That was called VIP with Pamela Anderson. Oh, well, it definitely looked like Baywatch to me, too. <laughs> I thought it was. <laughs> I didn't pay so like that close of attention. The second time the TV came into frame, I was watching the banner at the bottom. I just ignored the fact that there was a show going on. I was not like a Baywatch watcher. Like That wasn't I my wasn't thing. Either. <laughs> so I'm like, whatever. It's just one of those. <laughs> I don't care about the show. I just want to just read it. Warning. It's just one of those useless things that's in my brain, Jamie. That's all it is. <laughs> Fair point. Uh, so Joey said something like, Mr. Brooks mentioned the storm. And Drew says, Mr. Brooks lives alone on the edge of town with a three-legged dog named Boo. And um, he makes the comment about Pamela Anderson's boobs. And she tells him to let her know if he hears anything. So she leaves and we hear Drew's phone ring. And... He goes to turn around and answer the phone. And then we cut to the TV with the storm warning coming across. Yep. So clearly Drew is useless. (laughs) Absolutely useless. We cut to a scene of the pouring rain and Andy's in her interview with Mrs. Valentine. She mentions that her academic record is outstanding. And she asks Andy if she could have dinner with any person dead or alive, who would it be? And Andy says, Eleanor Roosevelt and Mrs. Valentine or Val. I'm going to call her Val. She says, oh, most people say Jesus. <laughs> and, I thought and, that was weird. Like, what? Most people say Jesus? Do I know. Andy's, really? not, Andy's not most people, though. Like, she has, she wanted to say what she wanted to say. Right. I but she kind of like, Andy gives her like a look. Like, I thought it was a good answer. You know what I mean? I'm like, why would most people say Jesus? I feel like that might be a little odd. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Who would you have would have dinner with dead or alive? Hmm. Hard question. I don't know. Well, I would say obviously I would say my mother, but um yeah. celebrity wise, I would say like oh, you know who I want to have dinner with? <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. I think we'd have fun. Um or Kevin Williamson. I would love to sit and like have a conversation with him. But they're both alive. They said dead or alive. Yeah. 
So I would pick those two as my like alive, but like a dead celebrity. I don't know. So anyway, Val brings a red flag up in Andy's interview. And she says, at the end of your sophomore year, you took a medical leave of absence. And Andy mentions that she was able to make up her finals and none of her grades suffered. And Val says, nothing serious, I hope. And Andy says that she was having some emotional problems. Val (laughs) Val says, so this was a mental illness. And it gets like very uncomfortable. And then she offers Andy some tea. It reminded me of the movie Get Out. <laughs> but the, Get Out? You never saw Get Out? No, I've never heard of it. Oh, you have to watch it. It's really creepy. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Um. So there's this like awkwardness between Andy and Mrs. Valentine. Because Mrs. Valentine's kind of like trying to get Andy to talk about the situation that happened to her at the end of season two. And Andy's trying to just like dismiss it because she's not dealing with those same problems, you know, and she just keeps focusing on it. We cut to Joey serving Mr. Brooks's dinner and she goes back to Dawson and their debate and their project. And she's also like concerned about the storm. So she's very preoccupied. And she says, if Valentine and Proteus just came to some kind of understanding and Dawson cuts her off and says that she's trying to bring up Pacey, he's become the whole subtext of this play. I was like, yeah, we knew that from the beginning of the episode. He says, let's just get it out in the open once and for all. And she's like, okay, let's. (laughs) She was like, what do you mean? (laughs) And he tells her that he and Pacey are never going to be friends ever again. End of story. We are never, ever, ever, ever getting back together. We <laughs> just kidding. Um, end of story. End of story. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. He says, well, we all know this isn't really going to be true. He says, everybody seems to think we're going to make up, but it's not going to happen. And she says, well, since you're the one who brought this up, why not? He says, what's done is done. And she says, after 10 years of friendship, what's done is done. And he says, no, after the greatest betrayal of my life, what's done is done. (laughs) So dramatic. What's done is done is done. In case you missed it, what's done done is done. (laughs) It's done. It's okay. Stop asking. She says, but Dawson, I was a part of that betrayal. And he says, but you apologize for it. Pacey could care less. He says he's not the type of person he wants to be friends with again. People need to accept that reality and move on with their lives. Starting with this play where they're where they're referencing him. <laughs> he says, can we just do that? And then we hear like thunder and Joey gets all jumpy and she runs back to the bar where Drew was still on the phone and he says, anxious much? And she's just trying to check the weather. She's like trying to flick through the remote and like nothing's happening. And um, Mr. Brooks comes up and he's asking for his check. And she's like, just a minute. And then the weather's just getting worse. And Brooke's like, I want my check in this instant. And Joey says, Drew, can you just get him his check? And he says, uh, I'm not working. And she's like, just get him his fucking check. <laughs> <laughs> and then he does. And we see Joey land on the Weather Channel where they're saying that this is the worst storm they've seen in 30 years. Worse than Hurricane Bob or Chris. Bob. Back to you, Bob. We cut to Pacey and Jen on the boat in the storm. And he's like, well, this came out of nowhere. And she's like, I thought that you said the weather was going to pass, Pacey. And he says, I did. But if someone didn't use all the batteries on the portable marine band, we could have gotten the storm report. And she says, well, if somebody owned something other than Zeppelin tapes one through four, we wouldn't have needed the radio. (laughs) (laughs) 
but he goes into action and he's trying to like calm her down because she's panicking and um she says good because you'll never be the first to admit it and he says what you'll never be the first to admit it's getting scary and he says this is nothing i've seen this before and she says where the perfect storm (laughs) (laughs) and he says they just need to get the weather report and find out where the worst of it is and go around it and then a big wave comes up and hits them both and it makes the radio spark up so they're like shit out of luck did you see this before too or something she says it's funny (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's like panicking which is understandable i mean yeah i'd freak out i'd be like we're gonna die freak out (laughs) so we (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) sorry Oh my god. All right. So we cut back to Andy and Mrs. Valentine. And Mrs. Valentine's pouring her tea and she's like, What is your greatest strength? And Andy says that her greatest strength is her tenacity, which is probably her greatest weakness, too. And she says, My brother Jack is always telling me I don't know when to quit. Valentine says, I see. But what about your illness? Isn't that a weakness? This bitch. Bioch. She's like, let's talk about this some more. I want to make my intentions clear by constantly talking about the thing you don't want to talk about. I know. I hate when people do that. Oh, yeah. But Andy says no, because she considers it a strength. It taught her how to ask for help when something's too hard to handle on your own. And she says, you know, we keep coming back to this topic, don't we? So Valentine says, is that a problem? And Andy says, no, not at all. Most teenagers go through the same experiences. It's nothing to be ashamed of but I prefer to concentrate on the present and the future. She says, it's just one part of my life and it doesn't define me as a person. And Valentine says, I know you consider yourself recovered, but perhaps someone with your background would do better in a less competitive environment. This bitch. (laughs) I know. And Andy's like, what? And she says, perhaps a state school. And Andy says, so you want to disregard all of my accomplishments because I had a problem in the past? And Valentine says, think about the position you're putting me in. I've been given the task of judging your ability to handle the ardent pressures of one of the most difficult collegiate environments in the country. My name is on the line. And Andy says, yeah, you're right. My background does have a bearing on my ability to handle pressure. I had a problem. I recognized that, sought treatment, and recovered. And the fact that I had the courage to face my problems and get help, I think only makes me better prepared to face the pressures of college than most of my peers. She was like really, you know quick on her feet to tell this bitch yeah. off it i know i love her it doesn't matter because she's still an asshole <laughs> so we hear this loud thunderclap and they're, they get kind of scared and mrs valentine tells her that she wishes her all the best and then she walks away she's she excused me and she goes to put on the weather and we see that the weatherman is talking about this being a hurricane now so we cut back to the bar with joey and brooks and drew and brooks says did he say hurricane force And he's just staring at Joey. And she says, exceed hurricane force. And Brooke says, damn it. I'll never get home now. (laughs) (laughs) He's so good. Dodger. Dodger. Dawson comes in. He's like, Joey, I'm leaving. If you want to work with me later and, you know, do this actual project with me, then let me know. But I'm going. And Joey stops him. She says, Pacey and Jen are out on the boat. And he says, well, no wonder you've been so out of it. Why didn't you say something an hour ago? And she says, because it wasn't this bad an hour ago. 
And then Jack runs into the club looking for Andy. He's all soaking wet. And he looked really, really hot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he 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 did. <laughs> oh, he did. He really did. He says he thought he'd pick her up early because it's getting ugly out there. And she comes walking out and she says, not half as ugly as it got back there. And um, if Jack wasn't enough, we get this big burly daddy named Bruce who comes in looking for Drew's mom. he's in charge of the boats i don't know what his actual job is but um he tells her that all the boats are secured on the dock except three they radioed them but he'll need assistance to uh get them back to the harbor so joey says is one of those boats the true love and daddy bruce says there's no slip (laughs) registered under that name and joey says pacey doesn't have a registration he always uses whatever slip is vacant and then daddy bruce says he hasn't heard of anything of the true love being out there and Joey's like, he's definitely out there. You have to believe me. <laughs> and, then a, and then a tree comes flying through the window and like breaks the window. Honestly, this, this, this episode was intense. Like, they really amped that stuff off. You've got like a storm going on, stuff coming through windows. Pacey and Jen are fighting for their lives on this stormy ocean. You know, you've got bitchy drama happening here and... <laughs> And somebody got, else did something it's like i feel like it was it was almost borderline chaos you know it was oh it yeah was chaotic with minimal cast you know in this episode it was still very chaotic it was it was awesome <laughs> yeah and the sexual tension that daddy bruce brought in was like out of I this already, world i didn't even notice him <laughs> <laughs> i did i know you did i did not even notice him i don't even remember who he was <laughs> i i want to say he was just like in, he was in charge of like the boats or something i don't remember but anyway we cut to true love bouncing all over the the waves and i'm pretty sure that it was cgi because <laughs> it did not look real mm. and pacey tells jen that the radio is blown but he's got the bile pump working and um he's like aren't you supposed to be on watch and she says there's nothing else to watch except water and then the boat tosses them sideways and they land on their butts. And she's like, the boat's going to capsize. And he's like, it's not going to capsize. And she says, then why am I flat on my ass? <laughs> Pacey's like, she'll, Pacey says, she'll come over. It's what she does. And he sounds like very confident. Oh, yeah. He's very confident in his boat. You know, it's his. And they do. The boat does go back to like normal. And, um, he tells her that they'll trim up the main sail so they don't get knocked over again. And she's like, isn't that dangerous? Like, he's, like, calm. And he's, like, and she's, like, screaming. Well, he he has to be calm. You know what I mean? He has to try to maintain his calm. Because if he's freaking out, she's going to freak out even more. You know, more. Right. Skipper Pacey Witter. He tells her that they're not going into the port because it's too dangerous. And she says, so we're just going to hang out here and catch some rays? <laughs> <laughs> she's funny. I know. He says, no, I know a little cove to ride out the storm. It'll give us some protection. And Jen's just freaking out. She's like, what if it gets worse? And he says, it's not going to get any worse. If it does, he'll send someone for us. And she screams, Pacey, we have no radio. We're heading to a cove. You don't know the name of. Who the hell is going to find us there? And he says, Dawson. Dawson will know. (laughs) I wrote, it gave me chills. (laughs) Chills. They're multiplying. I was like, he knows his friend's gonna know exactly where he went to ride out the storm. He knows because they've known each other for so long. Yeah. So we cut back to the yacht club, and Daddy Brewer says that they're escorting those three boats that are out in the storm, and if true love is one of them, they'll bring them back. And Joey says that Pacey wouldn't come into the dock in this kind of weather. There's no way he risks he'd risk his boat. 
And Daddy Bruce says, no sensible person would stay out there in this. And then we see Dawson looking at the map and he mentions the cove on Crescent Island. And he says that they waited out a storm there once when they were kids. That's where he is. And Daddy Bruce says that in this storm, Crescent Point would provide very little protection. And Dawson says that Pacey wouldn't know that. And then Daddy Bruce says... <laughs> Daddy I love Bruce that you just, named, you just named this guy. He's officially Daddy Brew. No, his, know name's, his, his name is Bruce. And I kept calling him Daddy Bruce. <laughs> daddy Bruce. Because he was, he was like a hot daddy. <laughs> Sorry. He's so funny. I was like Daddy Bruce and Hot Jack in this one episode. Jesus. <laughs> contain yourself sir got my it got my blood pressure up <laughs> whoa got milk <laughs> somebody <laughs> does <laughs> uh, oh my god so um joey's like his radio was obviously broken that's why we haven't heard from him and daddy bruce says that they can't send someone out on that cove just because they have a hunch and joey tells him you have to listen to me <laughs> Stop being a twat waffle and listen. But Daddy Bruce says, let's get these boats in. And if we still haven't heard from your friends, then we'll send someone out. Joey's like, well, what if it's too late? And then Daddy Bruce puts his foot down, which was such a turn on. And he says, <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's the best I can offer at this point. <laughs> and Joey looks super defeated. She's like, he's going to die out there. Dawson's like, they're there, Joey. I know that that's where they are. And she's like, well, what can we do about it? And Dawson says, we go get them now. Do you know if there's a boat I can borrow? <laughs> Dawson's always borrowing boats and breaking them. I know. I literally wrote in here. Um, <laughs> this <is> third boat. <laughs> oh, up here. Dawson is going to drive a boat. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> L-O-L. <laughs> like really big. It's And it's bigger, <laughs> it's bigger than any boat that he's driven so far. I know. He doesn't have a really good track record for these boats. So um, this should be fun. <laughs> he does. Needless to um, say, this, this boat does not come out unscathed. No, it doesn't. But he does become a hero. So. He does. So Joey says, Mrs. Valentine has a spare set of the keys to all the boats at the club. And just at that moment, Drew walks out and says, which is why you should always be nice to Mrs. Valentine's little boy. And then he says, Drew saves the day. Yeah, but he's such an asshole. Oh, he's totally a jerk. He tells Dawson, slip 41, the artful dodger. Don't let the old geezer see you. (laughs) And we cut to Pacey telling Jen that he and Dawson rode out a storm together at the cove that he's taking them to. And Jen asks how the hell we're going to get through that. And Pacey says he's going to drop the main sail. Um, I wrote, it's really bad, but they're working together. <laughs> I love my like side notes. Like, <laughs> it's you really bad. See mine. Can you see mine? I've got doodles all over it from my pen. There's like music notes because I thought of a song at one point. <laughs> all kinds Why of are you saying there. any of this? <laughs> well, I mean, the ex- we didn't get to the music notes run. The rest of it's just like frowny face, smiley face. Like it's nothing crazy. <laughs> just doodles. Oh my God. So so they're like getting ready to go get on the boat to go save. Dawson is to go save them. Yeah. And he tells Joey that he'll radio in as soon as he hears something. And she's like, you better believe I'm coming with you, Dawson. Like, I'm not going to leave them out there. I can't worry about both of you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And and just to make matters worse, she goes, my boyfriend's out there. <laughs> I would have been like, really, Joey? I mean, obviously. Like, we get it. You're dating Pacey. 
she says, well, whatever reason you're doing this. And he says, it's my reason. And she tells him that he can't solo the open seas. Not in this weather. Yeah, we know he can't solo the open seas. We saw him try to sail a boat last time and he like almost killed somebody. Yeah. So he's like, let's go. (laughs) So they get on the boat. And we cut back to the yacht club and Mrs. Valentine is telling everybody to get down. And it looks like the electricity went out. And Brooke says, down on the floor, which is covered in glass. Someone needs to clean up this mess. And Mrs. Valentine says, where's the waitress? <laughs> it's like a clusterfuck. Yeah, no idea. what. No, no Nobody knows what's going on. But then no. Andy comes in clutch. She's like, okay. Well, wait, this is when Drew comes back and he says that Dawson... Uh, Joey and Dawson went out went after Pacey and Jen and Brooks's boat. Brooks is like, they stole my boat. <laughs> and Andy jumps in and says, yeah, but they probably borrowed it. <laughs> and Brooks says, semantics, like jail in prison. So Andy tells Jack that she's going to go to the marina's office and try to get in touch with them. And she tells Jack to board up the windows. And if you can't find any boards, then shove tables up against them. And Mrs. Valentine says, you can't just move the tables. <laughs> and Jack says, just watch me. <laughs> and andy looks completely baffled and she says do you have any other suggestions no i didn't think so so she tells mrs valentine to write down phone numbers for dawson's parents and jen's grams she says call them and reassure them can you do that and she says yes yes i can do that and then andy tells brooks that she needs him to go with her she needs his boat's frequency if she's going to get in touch with dawson and joey and she tells drew to find a broom and sweep up the glass and he's like you want me to sweep What do I look like to you? And Andy says, a boy with nothing productive to do. Now find a broom. (laughs) (laughs) I love Andy in this scene. That was great. She took charge and made it happen. It was such a, it was such a great point to prove that what Valentine was saying to her in the interview that she can't handle stress or like all this stuff. They're in like such a a stressful situation right now. And none of the adults can take control. She's the child and she's the one taking control. So it's hilarious that, you know, I I liked that they did that. Um, It was very much in her face so that we can kind of throw it in her face later when she's like, they're going to love my recommendation about you. (laughs) They're going to love my recommendation about you, lady. (laughs) Wait until I hear what I say on Yelp. (laughs) I know. Just like we're going to. Just like we're going to yelp the fuck out of that fucking realtor lady. Out <laughs> <laughs> of Zelda Rubenstein. <laughs> I don't know how long Zelda. Zelda. <laughs> I don't know how long Zelda Rubenstein's been selling houses and getting rid of poltergeist, but <laughs> she's a nasty bitch. <laughs> That's not nice. <laughs> Her name's not really Zelda Rubenstein. I know. But this poor, this poor Zelda person is going to be like, ow. She's getting the brunt of it. What did I ever do to you? Yeah. <laughs> Zelda, come on. Just, just go with it. Just go with it. It's fine. It's fine. Not you. We don't mean you. I know. It's just the realtor. It's AKA Zelda. She's your double. Yeah. <laughs> you have a doppelganger out there. Uh, so that's what we're talking about. Zelda, you know what a doppelganger is. You work in that field. <laughs> In that field. Paranormal. <laughs> so Jen tells Pacey to tell her something good. Tell me something good. Tell me that you love me. <laughs> <laughs> um, he says, well, if you want to have a hole in your home, you want to have one up that high. Is that good? And that I didn't understand either. Like, were they just sitting on the boat? Is that what he meant? 
Okay, so there was a breach in the hull in Pacey's boat. Oh. But because it was up higher, it's a lot safer than, you know, the ground where it's in water and going to leak in. I think that's what he was getting at. Oh, I did not get that at all. Well, clearly we're going to take Sailor off of your uh, <laughs> potential <laughs> future endeavors. I only know sailing from below deck sailing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to take that off of your bucket list, you know? Things not to do. <laughs> sailing. Become sailing. a sailor. Become a captain sailing yachts. <laughs> <laughs> are they captains or are they skippers? Captains. The skipper would be like the second in charge. Hmm. But they don't call it skipper. No, they don't. He'd be called a. It's called a bosun, I think. Okay, sure. Uh, once again, watch any of the below deck series, and you'll find out. So the only the only reason why I got skipper in my head is <laughs> Gilligan's Island. Gilligan's Island. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> like what else would you get? That Hi, from? skipper. <laughs> Barbie's little sister. <laughs> Barbie's little sister. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Jen's freaking out again, and Pacey's just trying to reassure her at this point. And he tells her that he doesn't know, he doesn't know what's happening because he's just guessing. And just like he's been guessing about everything else this afternoon, but sooner or later he's got to be right about something. He says that's the law of averages. I have to get one right, right? And she starts laughing, and she says, "Stop making fun. It's not funny, Pacey." And he says, "You got something better." She says we should we should be doing that confession thing like they do in movies before the plane's about to hit down. I'm like, yeah, that's a fun game to play. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Way to make it <laughs> ten times worse. Let's think about even more chaotic things. <laughs> I <know>. <laughs> <laughs> that time I saw Samantha and put her in my truck. See <laughs> <laughs> oh um, what had happened was. <laughs> I wouldn't have confessed that if we weren't in such a terrible, chaotic situation, life or death situation. One time at band camp. Why'd you tell I... the police? <laughs> oh my gosh. Pacey says, yeah, except those characters rarely survive those confessions. And Jen says, okay, then just regrets. And he says, I don't have none. I don't work that way. <laughs> and Jen says, well, I regret never being in love. I was like, that's what you got, Jen? That's what you regret? And Pacey says, well, what about Henry? She says, no, that wasn't love. It couldn't have been. And she says, she regrets that she might drown before every know- ever knowing what love is. I want to know oh, what love is. is. <laughs> I want you to listen. I love that song. Okay. I do too. It's Jamie, excellent. We're- we're on the same wavelength tonight. It's funny. We are. Um, he said he tells her that she's not going to drown. He's like, "You're you're not going to drown, Jen." She says, "I don't need the comfort. It just felt good to say." And Pacey <laughs> says he does have one regret. And I was like, "Now you have a regret." You just said you don't live with regrets. He says it's how things are between me and Dawson. And she says, "Have you ever thought about saying something?" He says, "There's no point because it won't change the situation." And Jen tells him that it might just feel good to say it. Then we cut to Andy and Brooke. <laughs> so, like, they have this, like, major heart to heart. And then we cut to Andy and Brooks radioing to Joey and Dawson. And uh, they're asking if they've seen the true love. And he's like, Joey, over. Joey, have you seen the true love? Over. <laughs> I mean, that's what they have to do. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is Andy over the true love. So Joey says, they can't even see it right in front of them. And Dawson says, they're not lost. And then he gives his coordinates. (laughs) And Brooks, Mr. Brooks says that they're 12 miles north of Kalispell, Montana. (laughs) (laughs) So um, obviously not the right coordinates. (laughs) (laughs) No. And according to um, the trivia on, on IMDb, that's where Michelle Williams was born. Or that's where she's from. Kalispell, Montana. There you go, kids. That's your fun fact for the day. There's your fun fact, guys. So but don't take any uh, sailing advice from Stephen. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would just be a, a steward on there on the on the boat. That way, I'll just serve people in a speedo. <laughs> no, nobody would want to see me in a speedo. <laughs> Although on below deck, they always have to like they always get the guys like half naked on on the show because they're all like fucking models. It's crazy. Yeah. Figures. But they're all like legit boat people. Like they all work on boats, but they're all in really good shape. Like there's no fat people on below deck. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, I'm sure working on that type of a ship, you probably have to be. Well, I guess so because you have to be like ready to jump in the water at any point. Like if you have to. So probably have to be. I wonder if you have to be a certain weight and stuff. Probably just maybe it has to do with their swimming capabilities. I don't know. Maybe they're all just excellent swimmers, rocking the swimmer bods. Yeah. Some some guys on that show are really, really hot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I wouldn't know. Oh, it's a good show. You should really watch it. <laughs> There's like seven different shows <laughs> below deck on. There's Below Deck Original with Captain oh. Lee, Below Deck <laughs> Med with Captain Sandy, who's uh, lost her fan base since she fired Hannah. Uh, there is <laughs> Below Deck Sailing Yacht, which is my favorite one right now. That has Daisy and um, Daisy and the other the bosun and Captain Glenn. Oh my God, what is the guy's name? Daisy and Gary. They're my favorite. Then they just came out with Below Deck Down Under with uh, Asia, who used to be on Below Deck Med, and she's the chief sue this year. And Captain Jason, who is so hot. He's like the hottest captain that they've ever had on the show. And now they're coming out with a new one called Below Deck Adventure, where um they do like crazy adventures. So I don't know. That one doesn't start until next month, but <laughs> you got somewhere to start. <laughs> I got a lot of places to start. <laughs> I don't have time for that, Stephen. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I just gave you all of that information. <laughs> you did nothing. You gave it that. to not even just us, but our listeners too. Maybe they want to see some guys get half naked on a boat. I don't know. Well, the other thing is too, a lot of them are very toxic. And um, mm. they so drama, don't... lots of drama, guys. You get your drama and your hot men. It's like Jersey Shore on a boat. Kind of. And they just hate and they just hate women sometimes. That's great. (laughs) Um, So anyway, Andy's like, repeat your coordinates over, but it's not coming through. And then we see that the electric goes out. So then Dawson tells Joey that they're almost there. He's like, trust me, we're almost there. And they end up finding the true love because they almost end up hitting into it or sailing into it. They did hit into it. And that's how Dawson injures the... uh... Oh right, yeah he he um yeah he sailed right into it because they even said something hit us. <laughs> and Pacey's like, actually, yeah, well, yeah. Um, Jen basically is like, oh, we hit something. And Pacey's like, actually, something hit us. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> Probably Dawson. <laughs> I told you he'd find us. And almost wreck our boats again. So, so there's this whole drama with them trying to jump from the true love to the artful mm-hmm. Dodger. And Pacey refuses because he doesn't want to give up his boat. And then Dawson jumps from the one boat onto the true love. And he's like trying to get Pacey to jump over with them. And Pacey's like, I'm not leaving my boat. I'm not leaving my boat. Going down with that ship. <laughs> Dawson says, people care more about you than this damn boat. We hear Joey yell Pacey's name and, it go- and she goes like, Pacey! Yeah. Pacey finally is like... It echoed. Oh yeah, this isn't just about the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Dawson needed to talk some sense into that kid. So they both jump back onto Brooke's boat and we see this big wave crash onto the true love. So how do you think or feel about Pacey's reaction to leaving the boat? I'd be pissed too. I'd be like, I spent all this money and energy and I spent, you know, all this time on that boat with this girl that I love. And, you know, I have these like memories there. And it was also like kind of a home to him, you know? Yeah. And... Both aren't cheap. <laughs> no, it was his. He put his blood, his sweat, and his tears in it. He built basically this boat from almost the ground up, you know? Yeah. And uh, then he spent a wonderful summer with the woman he loves on it. So it's a lot of emotional attachment to it. It's a symbol of his independence. Yeah. Um, of the summer that he had, like the most perfect summer ever. So I understand him and not wanting to let it go but i'm glad that once he saw joey and realized he could lose something even more than the boat he like kind of came to his senses yeah because you have to think it's just stuff you know exactly it can be um replaced but i was like hopefully he has insurance <laughs> he has to have insurance <laughs> yeah i don't remember what happens i know they don't find the boat so it went down i think oh um, that sucks i think it crashed against the little cove that they were they were hiding by um so i'm pretty sure it goes down we don't i'm pretty confident we don't ever see the true love again so that was the end of the true love that we've seen for seeing um it's going to be devastating but at the same time i feel like this is probably something that's necessary for pacey to kind of take his next step you know what i mean whatever that next step may be (laughs) whether it's for the good or not pacey pacey's pacey struggles a little bit in his adult life Maybe focus on graduating from high school. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We, we'll see what happens. But yeah, the true love is gone forever, ever, ever. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it gets brought up again, probably in the next episode, um, with the results of whatever happened with it. I just don't remember what the results are. And I don't recall that we ever see it again. So I'm pretty sure she went down. Well, we'll find out next week. Mm-hmm. So we see that everybody has arrived back on the dock and Mitch and Gail is there and Grams is there and they're all like hugging each other. And we notice or we see that Brooks notices that uh, the gash on the hull and brings it up to Dawson. And Dawson's like, I'm really sorry, but that's just my M.O., Mr. Brooks. And Brooks says, sorry, sorry, he's not going to cut it. What else did you have in mind besides feckless regrets? (laughs) And Grams is standing there listening to the whole conversation. And Dawson's like, well, I have some money saved up from the summer that I was saving for college. And Grams says, which is exactly what you will keep on doing. Mm -hmm. And she says to Brooks, that boat is a thing. 
A replaceable thing. This young man risked his life to save my granddaughter, and the fact that you can't appreciate his courage explains to me why you've lived all alone all of these years in that godforsaken house. And if I find out that you let him dip into his college fund, I will personally kick your shriveled old butt. <laughs> Go Grams! By the way, bravo, Stephen. Bravo. Oh, I could have done Best that. Best Grams yet. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> so Brooks is like, what just happened? And then Dawson just hands them his keys. <laughs> and we cut to Andy and Jack leaving when Mrs. Valentine stops her. And she's like, I was very impressed with the way that you handled yourself today. And Andy's like, thank you. And Jack says, she did more than handle herself. She handled the whole club. <laughs> and Andy's like, Jack. Mrs. Valentine says, indeed, she did a fine job. And Jack says, she did your job. And Andy's like, let's go, Jack. And Mrs. Valentine says, the university will be very interested in hearing my impressions of you. And Jack says, they'll also be interested in hearing what a bitch they have representing them. <laughs> and Andy's like, I'm sorry, but please try and understand the position you've now put me in. And Mrs. Valentine says, you wouldn't dare. And Andy says, no, you know what? I wouldn't. Because at the end of the day, I am nothing like you. I don't derive any pleasure in wielding whatever little power I have over others. So just give me the recommendation you see fit. Because if anyone at that university knows you half as well as I've gotten to know you, it's not going to count for much anyway. <laughs> I was like, exactly. Like, how can they take this woman seriously if she's just fucking nasty all the time? I know. Um, I don't want your recommendation anymore. I don't really know what you're going to write on it. Some condescending back-ass words, like, rude shit. I don't know. The other thing that confuses me about Mrs. Valentine is that she works at the country club or the yacht club, right? Mm-hmm. And Drew's there all the time, but they're not rich. The story that Drew told in the last episode is how she was married to this New York City lawyer and then left and started her, like, she went on to be a single mom and, you know... But she stayed within the circle, though. She became, what did he say? The second best thing or whatever it was. Yeah. It was rich by association. Yeah, but so she's, guess, she's not, like, rich. No, but she's by association. Because she's in that crowd, she blends in. Uh, Doesn't necessarily mean that she is rich, but she's rich by association. Everybody assumes she is because of who she associates with. Like Leanne Lockett on Real Housewives of Dallas. <laughs> You know that, right? Sure. Uh, that That's what that means. <laughs> she's not actually rich. She's just rich by association. She appears that way because of who she associates with. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> so now Joey's telling Pacey how pissed off she is at him right now. And he says, the best times of my life were on that boat. So you'll have to excuse me for being upset. She says she hasn't been so scared in her life. But he apologizes for putting her through that. And she says, in the future, when you're dealing with life and death matters, just remember you're thinking for me too. Or you're thinking for two. Thinking for two. Because I'm pregnant. (laughs) That's literally what I thought of when she said that. I'm like, I know she means just him and her. But like when a woman says that, like, I'm eating for two. She's got a bun in the oven. I know. (laughs) Obviously, that's not the case here. But it's just weird wording. I know. Yeah, it was very much she pregnant? <laughs> no, we didn't do it yet. <laughs> um, So he says, I can do that. And then they hug. She says, you knew he was going to come for you, didn't you? And he says, well, what makes you say that? Because you know him just as well as he knows you. It's what best friends do. 
And he says, ex-best friends. And she says, whether you guys hang out or not, he's still a part of you, Pace. How can you be whole if you pretend he doesn't exist? And then we see Mitch um, looking at Dawson, who's watching Pacey and Joey get into the truck. And he says, it just doesn't seem fair, does it? And Dawson says, why is that? And Mitch says, you saved the day and you still don't get the girl. Maybe you got something more important. You got this moment. You can look back and know that you did a great thing. That's something that all the girls and all the thank yous in the world can't replace. And then we cut to Pacey and Joey kissing in front of the truck. (laughs) And Pacey looks over at Dawson and Dawson ends up just getting in the car to leave. I was like, I know that they waited for the final scene for him to say thank you. But in that moment, I would be like, thank you, Dawson. Like, I appreciate you saving my life. I don't know, because he walked away to cool off. Joey followed him and he was elsewhere. So like his first initial reaction i mean aside from them just getting off the boat or even while they were on the boat but they were kind of preoccupied and then they get bombarded by parents as soon as they dock right so maybe there just wasn't really that kind of timing and then by the time everybody dispersed he was talking with joey and then it's time to leave so i mean makes sense (laughs) you're welcome So now we're with Jen and Grams and Jen tells Grams that when they get home, she has some angry femme music that she's just going to love. Oh, because she mentioned that in the beginning of the episode. That's why she was late. She's like, I have some angry femme music I need to get through. Yeah. And we see Grams just looking through her bag for her keys, but she can't find them. And Grams is like kind of getting like really nervous and stressed out. Yeah. She held herself together, and now that everything is okay and calm, she's starting to freak out. It's starting to hit her. Like yeah. She almost just lost her granddaughter. She tells Jen that she didn't think she'd ever see her again. And she says, I was so worried about what I was going to tell your mother. <laughs> Jen tells her that Graham's handled it way better than her mother ever would. Yeah, exactly. And she says, I've never lost myself like this before. All my talk of faith, and when I needed it the most, I had none. And Jen says, well, because you lent it all to me. And she says that she was terrified out there, but I still had hope. So I figured I must have gotten it from somebody. And Grams is crying. And she says, does that mean I can count on you for church on Sunday? Jen says, not unless you want that place to fall down. (laughs) She's like, Mm. I just thought I'd give it a try. (laughs) So then we cut back to Jen going into the club and she finds Grams keys. And this is when she runs into Drew And she looks up at him and she says, what are you doing here? And then he asks her the same thing. And she says, I live here. I have for the last two years. And he says, so this is where the Lindleys banished their bad seed. It's good to see you, Jen. And she says, forgive me if I don't say the same thing. And Drew says, Jennifer Lindley, the girl who set New York on fire. I thought moving here was going to be one of the most miserable miserable mistakes of my life. And Jen's like, you live here now? (laughs) She says, Drew Valentine in Cape Side. God help us all. (laughs) so there's the blast from jen's past they did this last season too they gave jen a whole storyline with a car a character that she barely even saw but now it's like what is her relation to drew we're gonna find out i don't really remember but i feel like he might have been a part of an orgy or something (laughs) i just don't remember what it is (laughs) (laughs) an orgy i don't know he's a part of something but (laughs) A sex ring. <laughs> I like that parts of Jen's past pops up, even though it's really kind of crazy that they're all ending up in Cape Side. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Out of every 
single place, you know, in the States, it's always Cape Side. So I smell Jen Lindley. She's in Cape Side. They're drawn to it. It's like she's got a fucking magnet for these guys from New York to just find her in Cape Side. I think it's funny because I thought Billy was the only guy that she left behind. But no, I mean, there's definitely him too. I just don't remember what his relation was. We'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah. So now we cut to Dawson and we see that he's cleaning out all the debris from his yard. And Pacey walks up and he says he just wanted to come by. And Dawson's like, look, you don't owe me anything. Pacey says, we both know what you did yesterday was, and Dawson says, was exactly what you would have done. And Pacey says, I just wanted to say thank you. And Dawson's like, you're welcome. (laughs) So then Pacey tells him that he knows things between them are pretty much beyond repair right now. And he wouldn't presume to be able to solve everything with a conversation because that's just not the way it works. But I've been wanting to tell you, I'm really sorry for the way things went down in the spring. For my part in it, for the pain it must have caused you. And I'm really sorry that I ruined our friendship because you miss it badly. No, because I miss it badly. (laughs) However (laughs) I do that all the time when I'm texting because the I and the you are like right there. So it's like, he's telling me. I want to say I did this. It's like, well, you did this. And I'm like, no, not you. I mean, I. <laughs> it changes the whole direction um, of the conversation. It completely changes the whole direction of the conversation. And it, it it's usually sounds like you're being very pointed and like angry every time. <laughs> well, it sounds like he's being very um, like condescending. I'm yeah. really sorry that I ruined our friendship because you miss it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. It's so funny. <laughs> but that always happens to me when i'm typing too fast well i stopped doing the voice text so oh that's good <laughs> god knows that that was horrible that wasn't getting me anywhere <laughs> <laughs> when you spend 10 minutes trying to decipher your own notes you've got a problem <laughs> I know. I'm what like, was i trying to say here <laughs> I don't know do what remember, this is. <laughs> do you remember this line? And it's not even like we can try to figure out your handwriting. It's like whatever the text says. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, wait, let me just try to remember the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So he says, and however far off it may be, I look forward to the day when you and I might be friends again. So until then. And he looks like he's like getting choked up. Mm-hmm. So then Dawson says, until then. And then Pacey leaves and Dawson walks away and we get the it's end credits. It's too late to apologize. It's too late. <laughs> I don't think it's too late for him to apologize. I'm I th- kidding. It's just the song that popped in my head. I think that that's what he wanted this whole time. I but I really wanted to hit this whole time. He even says some says something like as much as he you know would have earlier in the episode. He's like, you never even apologize. You know, because Joey, like, well, because Joey was like, how come she's like, yeah, but I was a part of this, too. But you forgave me or whatever. He's like, yeah, but you were remorseful. You apologized to me. I never got any of that from Pacey. So this is what he yes. has been looking for. But but Dawson's a hypocrite because Pacey was upset about the whole thing. And Pacey tried to explain the situation to Dawson, but Dawson didn't want to hear it. Yeah, and you're instead right. Instead of listening to his friend and where he was coming from. Uh, Dawson just immediately went to like, you're a bad person because you took my girlfriend away who wasn't even my girlfriend at the time. Yeah. So you took, you took my soulmate from me. 
<laughs> ex-soulmate. You so, took your soulmate for granted, sir. If Dawson had actually just listened to Pacey, he would have gotten his apology because he did apologize like so many times. Yeah, I agree. And, he, and I thought Pacey was always remorseful. He was. Dawson's just a poop head. <laughs> He's a crybaby. He's a poop head. But that is the episode. And next week we get episode four, Future Tense. Oh, I don't even know what it's about. <laughs> I don't remember either. Um, But we'll find out when we watch it. I did start the opening, but I, I honestly don't remember how it went now that I'm thinking about it. No, I don't remember. But yeah, I thought it was a really good episode for such an early episode of the season. I, I enjoyed it a lot. And if you noticed, again, it was our main four characters, again, being like bonded together, like season one. Yeah. Um, the other thing I noticed, too, was that they played a lot of Joey's theme throughout the episode. Uh, a lot of that uh, instrumental music that they would play during season one, which I always like. So um, that I like. I like that they're doing sort of like season one throwbacks here and there, which is nice. I'm just happy. I mean, this season is going to get like great and then it's gonna be crap and then we're gonna go through like this crazy rough patch (laughs) (laughs) but i'm here for it i'm here for it yeah uh also gretchen wasn't in this episode so she wasn't all right well i wanted to read a nice comment that we got from a listener on facebook uh i saw it the other day and i thought it was so nice of them to say this to us so this is from rosie posy 40 they say Good morning. Just discovered you. I binged the first two episodes of your pod and I love rewatching with my 23 year old daughter, her first my millionth exaggeration, but anywho, love the pod. <laughs> also, it's amazing what a different show it is when you're grown. Keep up the good work. Aww. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy our ridiculousness. <laughs> but you're right, Rosie Posey. It is a very different show as you're watching it as an adult. <laughs> yeah, things definitely hit you differently, that's for sure. But it's nice because it it's reaching more than one demographic, you know? Yeah. But thank you so much for those kind words and leaving a comment. We love our fans. You guys are all fantastic. And you're still here. So, yay. <laughs> I know. Our, our downloads are still getting higher and we're getting more um, followers on Instagram. It's crazy great it's awesome we're loving it we are loving it so we currently are up to 12,260 downloads altogether, which is pretty amazing it's fantastic we just made it to 10 not that long ago and we're already at 12 so yeah thanks for uh, downloading and listening we appreciate it yeah you guys are fantastic best people ever okay best people ever um also we want to just give you guys a heads up. I think we said in our last episode as well. Keep a lookout for our Patreon that's coming soon. Uh, we will be doing another series on there, which will be a lot less edited. And we'll probably be doing our um, weekly episodes just a day before they're released. But um, we'll be sending out the information for that before we you know, post anything. But we hope everybody joins and, yeah. you know... It's not some it's something that we really thought hard about and we figured why not like everybody else has a Patreon and I think we could have a lot of fun doing it, you know. So we'll see where that goes. But we hope more fun plays. for Steven and I, more content for you guys to listen and, you know, whether you're at the gym or <laughs> <laughs> 
pooping or pooping taking a shower or <laughs> driving working or wherever you are you know Doing homework. whatever it is that you're doing just hanging you're out <laughs> masturbating <laughs> okay Stephen. <laughs> just listen to us that's all that about. <laughs> <laughs> well now that that's out there <laughs> Um, all right. Well, Jamie, why don't you tell everybody where to find your Instagram? Yeah. So my Instagram is at Lynn underscore book lover. Beautiful. <laughs> I mean, it's it's currently on a little bit of a hiatus, but I am still there. I'm still monitoring it and everything. I just with current events in our lives, <laughs> there are some things that I just can't do. And that and sadly is one of them. Reading. <laughs> reading i do not have time it's sad it makes me very sad but it's okay because you know life <laughs> yeah you'll get back to doing it i will definitely get back to it um all right and if you want to follow us on instagram you can find mm-hmm. us at creek talk podcast and on twitter at creek talk pod you can also join our facebook group and engage with us over there or send us any feedback or any type of story you want us to read on the next episode at creektalkpodcast at gmail.com. Just go to any of our link trees and our bios and you'll find everything listed under there. And if you are feeling generous and you want to give us a five-star rating or review, we would absolutely love that. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. But for now, we just want to say thank you for listening. We hope Mm -hmm. you have a great weekend and we'll be back next week with an all new episode of Creek Talk Podcast. Bye. Bye. (laughs) That was really good. Yay. (laughs) Went off like a a train. (laughs) I came in like a wrecking ball. Oh.